everyone welcome back yes we know it's fake is here there's been a lot of wrestling that's been going on and listen i may have a bruise on my face like trish stratus i may have my eyebrow split open like roman roy but i am here to tell you that paul and i have defended successfully the on-demand wrestling championships and we are here to bring you another edition of this podcast. I'm going to bring him in, but I need to let everyone know that I am fairly certain that this man was pile driving people in the back of pickup trucks well before the Jackson brothers. His name is Paul Barry. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Uh, um, I am overwhelmed with the amount of professional fake uh, scripted combat sports that happened over the last. Uh, um, three days, four days, whatever it's been, uh, <laughs> to the point that, that I, I don't know that I did successfully defend it. I feel like you single-handedly defended those championships, but I, I, may, be, uh, I may be on the outside looking in on that one. Well, uh, maybe you, you started the match, and then I, I got, you gave me the hot tag? Is that maybe I how think, this went? Uh, I think you tagged me in um for like three minutes of uh you know angelo dawkins style uh get my shit in before <laughs> the hot tag back to montez board to call to get the to get the match done that's fair that's not how every match goes but that's yeah that's good that's a, that's good that, that probably is uh is it i somehow well i have completed everything but the main event of the Im- of the impact show i have not got to macklin and pco which if you ranked Every match on all four of the shows that we consider maybe was the one I was the least excited about also, <laughs> to be to be fair. But uh, I have watched it all. I have sat with some of it and have some definitive thoughts. I'm very excited to get your, like, I just crammed some of this into my brain takes. And I'm also excited to just kind of tell you uh, or sell some of these things, I think, to you to be able to try to uh, to entice you to go back and watch some of it, even if you've seen the results. So first of all, go to linktr.ee slash yes, we know it's fake. Every way to support the show, that way you can stay in touch with us no matter what is going on uh, and telling your friends to subscribe and follow along on social media. Okay, Paul. To me, there were these two very, very important matches that happened that one of them had some title implications. The other has major storyline implications around a lot of wrestlers we care about in AEW. What do you think is the most important thing to you that happened over the weekend? The most important thing that happened over the course of the weekend. And so just, just thinking about the things that happened, we had um, uh, night of champions, we did. We had uh, NXT Battleground. We had um, uh, Impact. Um, under Siege? Both of, under Siege. Followed up by, don't we have another? We've got Impact against all odds like next weekend. It's in two weeks. Um, yeah, it's in two t- weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, live from Columbus. Look at you, Columbus, Ohio. Um, so we had <laughs> Summer Sizzler two weeks after that. Um, amazing, just like cranking through these special shows. 
Um, and then we had, um, uh, did we say NXT Battleground? We you had, did, um, you did. And Rampage, then the... uh, <laughs> at SmackDown, we had, uh, and we had AEW Double or Nothing, and last night we had Raw. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit going in, that the big questions were around um, the AEW Championship being won. Uh, but I think storyline-wise, the uh, the WWE um, uh, storyline around the bloodline and what's happening there, uh, all of that seeming to be at the forefront. So I'm going to say I think the the most important thing that happened through the weekend was was Jimmy Uso super kicking Roman Reigns in the face. The best. It's the right answer. I'm very proud of you. This is the right answer. I continue to get to to feel no bloodline storyline fatigue. And it just can they continue to build it and continue to un to just peel away the layers. And Paul, this is something that has been that paid off. If you remember all the way back when Jimmy was hurt during the pandemic, I mean, this is all the way Thunderdome, Hell in a Cell, where Jay is is really getting that first beat down from Roman to get in line, and Jimmy comes back and is like, I don't understand what's happening. And now you fast forward all the way to today where that is the space that we live in, where they paid that off, where Jimmy was like, I don't give a shit about this. It's me and you, and this guy can kick rocks. This is this is not what we're doing. And it was just so beautiful. Did you think that that's what was going to happen? Like, we know the Usos were going to show up, but did you think they had paid off like that? Uh, I, yeah, well, I mean, I think I was thinking it was going to come out of Jay instead of mm. Jimmy. Um, but, but that might be me not paying close enough attention to the story. Um, I did expect that they were going to, that was seemed to be where the story was pushing, pushing the Usos to the breaking point. And, you know, they, they'd had Roman demeaning them. They'd had uh, you know, Sammy and, and KO kind of uh, playing that um, almost conscious and, and, and advocating for them to them. And, and I think that's the I think that's the payoff we got was um, that next progression of the story. I think we are going to I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of, you know, and maybe you've got some intel from from Raw last night, but the, did Jay, uh, you know, because I, I, I didn't see Night of Champions, did Jay also get involved physically? Or is he just in the, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Jimmy's like, the thing you should have done a long time ago. And and all of this is currently on Jimmy. So it's not clear if Jay is leaving the bloodline or not. But Jimmy is clearly out. Right. That That's essentially how it went down. They're in the ring trying to to get there. Roman is like, what are you doing? Push it, he just shoves, shoves Jimmy, shoves Jay, turns, and Jimmy just, he eats a super kick. And then that's the beginning of the end. Eventually, he comes out after him. Solo uh, ends up eating a stunner and a haluva kick, and, and then that's the end, because Roman, Roman is out on the ground because of um, the super kicks from the Usos, which did not explode. 
but yet also knocked him out of the ring. So uh, there was there, there was that going on. That's how the match ends. And then it's really just like Jimmy is like, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and Jay is like, what have you done? But they did walk out together. Jimmy is saying, hey, screw this guy. It's me and you. It's always been me and you. I am with you. We don't need him. Come with me. And then Jay did have this crazy, crazy good face acting, but he did walk out with Jimmy. So that's where he left it. Nothing happens on Raw. They're uh, promoting Roman's thousand days as champion ceremony on Friday, which I assume will turn into a bloodline family meeting or airing of grievances, you know, or whatever. But what I love about it is now we are squarely at the intersection of Solo Sokoa and his brothers. And we don't really know which direction he's going to go. But in a lot of these shots, you know, they've been building towards, uh, you know, Solo's going to take care of his brothers, right? He's going to Samoan spike them and end them, kick them out of the bloodline. But they've even been putting him in the back of... um, scenes where he's there watching and you still when roman's being addicted to his brothers he's still he he he's not saying like you know hey how could you do something like this but he also does kind of have some concerning looks on his faces every so often so i think that's the next piece will roman totally be by himself right and it's just so smart the way they've built it all of it yeah it'll be interesting to see if they go ahead and and um have Heyman abandon him too. Right. And right. and do you get that sort of Heyman abandons uh, Roman in favor of of Solo or yes. in favor of whoever's next? Uh, uh, you know, and is is he just going to kind of continue to play kingmaker? Yeah. Um, you know, because I don't think there's a you know a world coming soon where. Um, Solo Sokoa is your combined champion, uh, so he. I don't think he's necessarily going to be the one that um, you know Paul Heyman would run to. But but if he's yeah, Mister Money I in mean, the Bank, he might. Right, right. You know there there is that. Uh, that's a great point. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, you know it, it, the sort of dismantling, and I think the the taking a part of, of all of this and then you give him, you know, SummerSlam through the Royal Rumble to go film a movie or whatever he needs to do to, you know, to be Roman Reigns right now because Roman is clearly the the hottest ticket that they have. It, it's really tough to think about taking that title off of him, but it's got to be coming soon. It's really tough. And it does what I thought while watching that match that was so exciting is that Roman just d- is not wrestling much. So he is really an attraction. And yeah. he hasn't lost a match in a very long time. Obviously, he didn't get the pin, but he lost. And they, they've just done, he's such an attraction now that he's still on TV most of the, some of the most of the time, whatever's in between some of the time and most of the time. And, and then, you know, but then when he gets in the ring, he's really putting hands on people. It just made, I just thought that it felt really special. 
like it was a really special yeah. moment. He's in the ring, and then the, his his uh, cousins really, you know, really screwed him over. It was really exciting. But I did think that was that was the most important thing of the weekend. In a lot of, and there was there was some important stuff going on. I mean, there were some big things happening. But I still think as I go back and I and I sift through all of it, I do think that that's the that's the most important part. D- were you cool with it being the main event? Uh, yes, I was because they, you know, this is clearly it, it, two things about it. One, it's clearly, um, the biggest storyline they have Two, they already had a night where the tag team championships were the main event of WrestleMania on one of the nights. So that's fine. Three, they've shown that the new Seth Rollins championship is clearly secondary title. Um, and and four, you still had the champion in the main event. Yeah. Um, you know, so Roman is clearly the face of the company. He has the the two top belts under his belt. Um, so I, I think it's totally fine personally. Yeah. I think so you? too. Yeah, I think so too. It is a championship match. The other, the the biggest champion in the world is in the match. And also, if that was the beginning of the show, the the rest of the show is a letdown, man. Like, it just is. That's your emotional crescendo. And it, I just thought they did a great job of building up to it. It's, a, it's similarly how I feel about the way they ended Anarchy in the Arena from a storyline standpoint. I think you had to have that one last, too. One, because of the mess it created, like, logistically, and blood and everything else. But I think also it was the right thing to have at the end of that show because it was such an emotional investment and they're telling their most important story in that match also. Well, my problem for AEW doing it is not that it wasn't important. It is clearly their best storyline. The problem AEW has is your best storyline is a million miles away from your world champion. And that and that it's not close, that that's the best storyline in AEW. Um, and that it's that far away from your world champion is a real problem. Uh, Max was tremendous. Yeah, that match was great. In that match. Um, there was, but there was still no... Darby was the only one that provided some real, oh, maybe they're going to make him champion. I mean, uh, congrats to, to Sammy and, and Ty. Um, I'm not buying that you having a baby is it makes you a, a world champion contender all of a sudden. Um, but legit, c- congrats. It's very exciting. Uh, also, congrats to Alexa Bliss and uh, her husband for uh, their pregnancy announcement. Um, so, you know, all of these things sort of being said, um, there was no tension in that world title match. It didn't deserve to be the main event. And um, and that's a real shame because they all went out there and killed it. Max was tremendous. The ending with the with the title belt and the, the cough and drop into the title belt, followed by the, the, the side headlock takeover again, just it puts Darby in a position where his character has to change in order to move forward. And that's a great position for him to be in. That's really, really good. Um, you know, if, if Max had just won 
because you know got the pin on Jungle Boy or something, um, then he does. Then, then Darby doesn't have to change. And Darby out of the three is is the most compelling character from from all three challengers. But Darby actively losing to Max, taking the pin and taking it in that sort of humiliating fashion. Um, Darby's character has to change. He can't just come back and be like, well, you know, I just got to try harder and be better. That's gone. He's got to be, he's got to be something new. It's got to be, all of them need a little bit of a tweak. They all need to, well, maybe not a tweak, but they all need to evolve out of this. This is what they yeah. were known for. Now they all, well, they, we, we all fell short. Now we've got to figure that out. That is not making Sammy Guevara a baby face. Okay. Kaz, so Kaz from the Mass Man Show was on the buy-in, on the panel there. And then I listened a little bit of the Mass Man Show from whenever they recorded it, talking about this weekend stuff. The, he said that in the arena, that people were still booing Sammy Guevara, even after the, <laughs> the announcement. They, they, don't, they don't really want to cheer for him. You know, because he's he's just better as a as a heel right now. So quit trying to make it work. It's not going to work. I'm trying to make him a baby face right now. We got he's got to be more of a Seth Rollins, where he's got to go out and do it and do it and do it, and then finally we're going to cheer him. That's just how it's going to go. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I I think it. All of that being said. Um, I get why anarchy in the arena was where it was. I think it's incredibly disappointing that the world championship match isn't that big a deal in AEW when that was the belt not long ago. Um, I, yeah. Um, Max put on a hell of a performance and he's unbelievable. And I'm going to back down from the you have to take the title off of him before Wembley. But my God, do you need somebody? Because you clearly have Omega and something else. So who are you putting up as your giant baby face to take out Max at Wembley? I just don't know. I don't know who you got right now that's not involved in that. Black, I mean, Black Bull Combat Club's all heels. Um, Claudio, or not Claudio, sorry. Uh, Kenny is, is wrapped up. Hangman's wrapped up. Hangman's not going to sell those seats anyway. Um, Adam Cole, I guess, is where you're going next. But, uh, I mean, do we want to talk about that match? Well, I want to talk about the anarchy in the arena and what the hell happened. And how you felt about that, about that match. And how you felt about that match being at the end of the, of the card. I mean, I think at this point we can talk about that match, but you and I both feel some kind of way about Double or Nothing and how it went. And how the card felt and the things that happened in it. So the way I felt about Anarchy in the Arena is, boy, it was like, it was the Baron Corbin tweet brought to life times. Uh, did, do you watch Succession? Did you? So this is also something that, do you watch the show at all? No, no. So we have not watched succession it's on the list but okay so anyway i'm just gonna so for this is not a this is not a spoiler but as an example is that they uh, all the kids were the 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 roy kids were together at their mom's house it was right after the uh 
the funeral the, uh, there was right after a funeral and uh, they were doing something called a meal fit for a king. Do you know what this is? Does this mean anything to you? No. Okay, me neither. I'd never heard of this. They were essentially taking a little bit of everything from the kitchen, putting it in a blender, and then making one of them drink it or just like taste it. Just like disgusting stuff maybe you did when you were a little kid. There's a little bit of that in the anarchy in the arena that just I can't I can't quite handle it. I mean, Paul, it is all the things that I'm not a big fan of barbed wire tax exploding shoes which cool not really sure what the hell that is pile drivers in the back of pickup trucks i mean it's just we could list off so many things that happen it's just i can't handle it dude it's just too much and it's just all for the sake of whatever and i guess maybe i would need to see it in person to decide if it, if that adds a layer, but I'm afraid that it's all happening at the same time and you just can't see it all. Like the TV broadcast can't even handle it. They missed a back body drop onto the barbed wire. Like there are things that are happening. Plus the, the, uh, the guy from the band is playing Wild Thing during the match. It, in maybe blackface, kind of. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what that was all about. What I do know is, um, the the whole. <laughs> trying to think of how to say this. The whole um, playing the 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 song for forever until he got super kicked was went way too long. Like way, 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 way too long. Um, yep. Just not, not great. Please don't do that again. You, yes. Also, you saw his outfit, correct? Uh, the, the guitar guy, the get the lead singer. It, yeah. It was like a black mask, but he also had his the bottom part of his face painted black. It was just like, right. it was just like, it's too close. Like who decided that was a good idea? It's just like, no, sorry, man. Like this may be a, a part of what you do or who you are, but that it can, like, you can't tell people are going to think you're black face. You just can't do that. So it, shout out to the young bucks for, for kicking the uh, maybe accidentally black face guy in the face. Like that was, there's some poetic justice there. Also, uh, Wild Thing gets to be played. What about you? We couldn't have played uh, Carry On My Wayward Son for 20 minutes. Also, like, who gets who gets to choose the song? I just, some of this shit just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> and I understand it's maybe it's new or it's new to me. These things happening. It just was ridiculous. And so, uh, to me, all that other shit, I was really just waiting for it to be done so we could get into the ring and do the end game. That was really how I feel about it. I don't give a shit about any of that brawling, whatever is going on with the weapons, and it's just too much for me to handle. I can't keep track of, of who, what's going on and who's really hurt and, and, and this. And then 
uh, we, we had it already. They had an unsanctioned match and a ladder match. And it was just like, I just was, I, I didn't like it. I couldn't handle it. Now, I did like the ending a lot. I'm a good, I'm a sucker for some type of a screw job and reveal job. Like, I'm cool with that. But my God, the rest of that match was just, is way too much for me. Maybe people loved it. I was ready for that show to be over. <laughs> I, like, I missed a couple of the spots and had to rewind because I realized I'd stopped paying attention. Yeah, I think the, I think overall, um, it, actually, it, it, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm trying to think about how to talk about the the AWP or the, the, the main event piece of this specifically. Um, it, it, and I guess it's it, it, it scratches the itch for some folks. It's not my jam, but you know it is a method all through all all four or eight of the the guys mainly involved in that seem to seem to dig and enjoy, and that's fine. Um, I, I think I have bigger issues probably overall with that card than than that and it makes sense to have there, I guess, because of the nature of the match, because it's the most important piece of the, um, uh, you know, of the, uh, you know, the storyline of, of AEW. Um, but I don't think it took anything crazy forward. It, 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 I feel like they're trying to get to their own black or their own bloodline story. And, and that's what we're working here as we're trying to get to a bloodline story, something that really transcends and it matters and blah, blah, blah. But the reason that that is all so huge is you have the world title wrapped up in it and you mm -hmm. just don't have it in this. And you're not going to anytime soon because you've, you've now taken your top guy and, and rolled him into the story with Takeshita and Don Callis, which is fine. Um, I just don't think it's going to ever reach that level until you involve the world title. Right, which they could easily pivot it if they wanted to, but it would feel very drastic. Abrupt. Very abrupt. Yeah. Yes, it would feel yeah. very abrupt. That's that's the best word. And that's, that's the best word. And that's what the bloodline storyline has been really good at is knowing when to take a small turn of that screw and when to you know break out the drill on high and move it real fast. But it never feels necessarily abrupt um it just feels like the right next piece of the story and there's just no good way to interject the the world title into that into yeah. that story and there's no real good way to interject someone credible into the world championship especially when you take adam cole and chris jericho and put them on second which is specifically the spot Chris Jericho complained about and made him want to leave um, uh, WWE was when he got put on second at WrestleMania with KO. Um, he took real um, umbrage at that, and I thought about it immediately when they were on second. Yeah. Um, especially when you had a hot match following them. And a battle royal in front of them, they felt like the sandwich match. And they were supposed to be in an unsanctioned match, which makes no damn sense at all to have an unsanctioned match um, 
in the middle of the card. Like those, those unsanctioned matches are supposed to be those lights out matches where you turn the lights off and you turn them back on. And this is no longer an AEW event. This is unsanctioned. Um, you know, we are, we are just here to count three. Um, you might even give the, the ref a shirt that doesn't say AEW or something like that. And, and, and so that doesn't make sense. So why is it unsanctioned versus not just no DQ? Um, why, why is Sabu there? Why is, why did you go through all of this with Roddy just so they could be out there for three minutes at the beginning and no one, it, it's just a brawl that moves to the back and no one ever comes back out except Britt. It's fine. And then to have the whole thing stopped by referee stoppage, which shouldn't happen in an unsanctioned match. Come on. Um, like there's just no, come on. There's makes, no, it, none it, of this it, passes the, any of the make it make sense police. Um, first of all, we, we're going to get to some broader themes here. I think, uh, through, through that, but did you like the Takeshita thing? Did you like Don Don Callis and Takeshita doing it? Do you think they're a part of the Blackpool Combat Club now? Like, how did you internalize what happened at the end? Yeah, I, I think if um, if it's lazy, they're part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's interesting, then this is something else entirely. And they kind of did a wide angle shot where all six of them were in the ring standing over their carnage and i was like if you need that shot for future promos if it's all six of them yeah um and i really hope it's not that but but that sort of felt like that's what they were doing um so yeah i i would say that's a big I liked, but I did like his involvement. I think we talked about it beforehand. Like CM Punk would have been the thing that made the internet explode. <laughs> Takeshita was probably the right thing yeah. to to do there because Callis never got to talking about Takeshita uh, or, or why he did what he did to Omega, right. but he had been so so you know sort of blatantly courting Takeshita up to that point. Um, so I'd be really you know, I'm, I am very interested in seeing where this goes. I think they've got something there, but I also, you know, I don't know that Takeshita is, is ready to, like, what's the ceiling, right? If Takeshita, let's say Takeshita, Omega puts Takeshita over, then what? Like, have we put Takeshita at a spot where he's beaten Kenny Omega, so he's ready for the world title? Like what do we like? What's what's the? I don't know what the end game is here. I'm willing to hear it out, but um, yeah. But that might go into my overall thought on on this pay per view. But before we're before yeah. we're all said and done, I agree. I thought it was cool. Uh, but but then again, there's just so much happening, and so much cheating, and so much bending of the rules that I just am kind of like, oh, cool. Like that's cool, you know. And what I'm really thinking, obviously, we knew Don Callis was getting involved in some way. I'll I'll never forget at whatever it was, the winner is coming when when the Kenny and Don Callis thing happened for the first time, and it was new to me because I didn't really know Don and Kenny and really what was going on. But I'm not really sure anybody thought Don Callis was going to get in the ring and and hit Moxley with the mic. Which is also 
why Don Callis being aligned with the Blackpool Combat Club makes no goddamn sense to me. Is like if I'm John Moxley, why would I ever let that go? It doesn't seem yeah. to be to be in Moxley's character's profile. Like now right. he just doesn't care. Of course he fucking cares about that. It's all he cares about. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But it but now when Don Callis is ringside, I assume he's getting involved. So I would have preferred Don Callis be nowhere. And then walk, saunter his way down to the ring. Or maybe he sits in the crowd or he's up in a box and then all of a sudden he's not in a box. Like, can we just be creative? Because it was just like, it's so, we all knew he was going to. And then I guess Takeshita getting involved wasn't that big a surprise. But I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, whatever. That's where we're going with this. I would assume Kota Ibushi is now coming. And that's going to be the forbidden door. It's going to be some five-on-five weird thing. I don't really know what what we're doing. Or maybe they're saving five-on-five blood and guts for Wembley. I don't really know. Um, but it was just it was just so much. But I got to say, Paul, I really am really just need to point out that Tony Khan cannot be held liable for what's going to happen between Chris Jericho. And Adam Cole, but then also Anarchy in the Arena is fine, and that's a sanctioned AEW match. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here! Like, yeah. it just doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. And I agree with you. No, g- give me a no DQ, give me a weapons match, like give me something. Just the unsanctioned part doesn't make any sense. And then when they referee stopped it, I was like, whatever. And 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 I'm and I'm really grumpy, maybe the most about that about double or nothing in general is that I think there were some really cool, fun standout moments that I will remember, but it all just felt the same because there's so much cheating. There were so many weapons and there were so many matches, Paul, you know, what really didn't happen on double or nothing is actually a lot of professional wrestling, which it's kind of what the company was built on was the greatest right. wrestlers in the world that nobody had got a chance to really see in this way to do all of these fun things. That's what I think is the worst about the anarchy in the arena is you have eight of the, okay, seven of the best wrestlers in the world in Wheeler, Utah, like, and none of them, they're, they're just punching each other and blasting each other with weapons. And then you've got Chris Jericho and Adam Cole who are excellent and then all they're doing is beating the hell out of each other and, and brawling. Even in the tag team championship match, that thing was a fucking mess. Yeah, can I just run through these real quick with you? Just 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 to make a point. So Please. we're gonna uh so um AEW uh let's see here, the 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 battle royal. You clearly had cheating everywhere for because you can. <laughs> it's just right? fine. So, which is so fine. Bullet, Bullet Club Gold is going to like you know screw with Ricky Starks like that's the sure. thing. Got sure. it. Fine. Happened. Whatever. Um, unsanctioned match. You know a million different. Um, you know people people cheating in 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 the midst of of that thing. Um, we get it. Um, next up, 
was the the tag title match um cheating running rampant um so so that happened um <laughs> ne- next up the the ladder match which by the way that swan con was oh. absolutely insane yes um yes. and it's it's kind of and Christian was was great. And I thought Wardlow actually did a nice job rising to the occasion. You know what didn't work in there? Like Arn Anderson biting a man's thumb. No, come on. Um, what, are, what are we doing? Like and then Arn looking like he's just, you know, bitten someone's neck like a vampire. Like it, it none of it made sense. Um like and that's where like this guy does this huge spot, which should be enough to take out Luchasaurus for for the entire thing right yeah, like yes. you could have just built around that yes um but instead you you do what you did so um so it just like cheapens his it cheapens that big spot by having all this other bs like we should all be talking about a, a little bit of a, a coming out party for for wardlow here where where mm-hmm. he's yeah you know, he put on a hell of a match um God bless that one ladder that just wouldn't wouldn't yeah. stay where it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 spot where he um, you know both of his legs went through rungs yes. on the outside and yes. like that was such a good spot yes. and and one that you don't see very often. Agree. Um, just nicely done there. Um, but you but you had all sorts of shenanigans in that AW Women's World Title match, which comes on before the TBS title match by the way yeah um someone explained that to me in any sort of way um shenanigans again um to trade it back to somebody who who already had it um then you had the 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 trios match first match without without shenanigans right like nobody really cheated or or did anything that that would have been so that's the first match on the card. That's the eighth match of the card. And the first match on the card, I guess, I guess seventh, the, the, you know, the buy-in was before that, but, but seventh match on the card. And it's the first one. You didn't have any kind of dusty finish, dusty, um, you know, run-ins or, or, or things like that. It's pretty, pretty blatantly bad there. Blatantly bad. Um, did you catch any of the buy-in? You probably didn't get a chance to like no. listen to it. I was no. watching it live, and uh, RJ City was interviewing Aaron Anderson and asked him if he was packing. And he said, "Ask your mama." <laughs> and then RJ City said, "Ladies and gentlemen, my new my new stepfather, Arn Anderson." <laughs> <laughs> It, it was at that moment i was like arn didn't have to do anything tonight <laughs> like they could just play that and they are here in the paycheck yeah, yeah. so it's amazing yeah. like uh, amazing but the the actual like in the ring there's just too there's just too much and it's like what you'd said there's no editor or there's no one talking to each other there's Right. You know, it, there's something going on where no one's look actually looking at the big picture and trying to actually see if this if this makes sense, because we are all here to say, like, wrestling is a smorgasbord and I don't have to like this. But I felt like that the, that there are only a few things on the menu, like a 
fresh, yeah. uh, like some kind of French restaurant, some like French crazy wrestling restaurant where it was all you got to choose. And it yeah. was just, yeah. it was just way too, it was just way too much, man. Like I agree with you, the yeah. Wardlow moment should stand out. It should stand out. And instead, yeah. it's like no, no. People are probably just talking about Arn Anderson biting someone's thumb and and looking like a vampire, you know. And yeah, and it, it just didn't make it. Just didn't. It was just not helping. Um, also, well, I need to call. I need to call this out. It also makes Wardlow. No, go ahead. Sorry, finish. I was just gonna say it also makes Wardlow look weak. Like yes. it makes him look weaker because he couldn't get the job done on his own. Correct. Um, and yes, you had Luchasaurus that you had to overcome, but like if Wardlow is really this like big bad dude, like he doesn't need his manager coming to his aid to bite the finger off of a dinosaur. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. We didn't even get Arn didn't even get to pull out his finger gun. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, I also I do need to recognize. We do need to recognize that whatever they're doing with the AEW Women's Championship, they let Thunder Rosa have that interim title for a long fucking time. And if Jamie Hayter is legitimately hurt and they are not, who is way more over, I think, than Thunder Rosa was, I don't know. Well, I don't understand why she doesn't get to keep the title or they don't do. Now, are we not doing interim titles anymore? Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much inconsistency where I don't really know what's going on. And if Jamie Heater was legitimately hurt, then why are they also wasting our time with what happened? It's just, I just don't, I just yeah, don't know what's going I mean, on. Yeah, I, I think they learned some lessons on that because I think we all kind of ripped them apart for how long Thunder held the interim title without giving it up. And so, you know, I don't want to put them in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Um, I Personally, I don't think that the title run was working for Jamie Hayter. Um, but I don't think the solution, and I do, and I should say, I do think that Tony Storm's probably doing the best work in the company right now. Mm -hmm. So putting the title on her is not bad. It's just, that's exactly who she won it from forever ago. And we didn't advance that story one iota, um, from, from the first time that, um, Tony Storm was, was a bad guy. Like from the first time she was a heel, um, they haven't advanced that story at all. They're just mean people who spray paint people. And and that's the whole gimmick. Um, and why that, you know, led to where what we got, I don't know. Um, I think it's time to really refresh that division. Um, and they certainly, what's that? Again. Again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they, they, you know, I will complain about how it got done. Um, I'm happy for Chris Statlander. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that whole segment was really busy. You you had a decent match there between Jake Cargill and Ty Valkyrie. I mean, Ty Valkyrie is going to carry just about anybody to a decent match. Um, you know, she's just such a physical specimen. Um, and, and so is Jake Cargill. And so you had two really strong competitors in there. And, and one of them, a very experienced veteran who probably taught a lot of things, but that, that like that stomp um, that that Valkyrie uh, laid into Cargill was um, just brutal. Um, but the whole like just hey, real quick here, we're gonna flip the title now um, after we hit sixty and zero. 
like I don't know the whole thing just felt a little a little off to me um but I'm ultimately happy with where they got to with Statlander winning that title and being the new TBS champion I think it gives an opportunity to to send Jade Cargill into the 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 women's uh, world championship picture but I'm also just you know I'm still just dumbfounded on how that women's world title match was on um before, before. The, the TBS championship yeah like I, I I just can't can't fathom why that decision was made I I'm not really I don't really consider myself to be a, a like a professional wrestling purist like here I am being like I need more real matches like I don't you know like that's not it's not really what 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 I'm here to say and but but I do need it, it, I do need some other things in the ring to make sense for me what moves inflict what kind of damage to people and I'm I'm just having a hard time Paul understanding how Taya Valkyrie can hit her finisher and 60 fucking seconds later Jade Cargill is up giving her a pump kick and the same move and she, and Taya loses they build this entire feud around the the, the move the the feud right. was the move and Taya hit the move and it just right. didn't really it just didn't really do anything and then 60 seconds later she's pinning her with the same move and then the Statlander thing happens so I, it was just really really busy and weird and i'm just like i don't really know i don't really understand what's going on and i don't know if that is a jade cargill thing right where there's maybe you can coach the play but they have to go execute the play and if jade was all of a sudden like oh i gotta speed this up i gotta get this out of here but she can't like lay there and kick out i don't care if she kicks out i'm talking legitimately getting up and beating her ass and winning the match it just is it just is it's not good it's just not good and taya i'm not saying taya needs to win that match um but it just was i just didn't find that it was good and now taya is what just clearly in the back seat of nothingness now that's what i don't like about the statlander thing and maybe taya will step up and say hey you stole this from me or whatever but i genuinely find in those things when it's like this person beat this person and then the cash in or this open contract thing or whatever happens, it just really leaves the third party way out of the conversation. But Ty Valkyrie probably wasn't win that title anyway, as much as we love her, unfortunately. Uh, but I am glad I'm with you. I am glad that Statlander is back. Um, that the House of uh, the House of Black trios match is real dope. I just wish they wouldn't have done an open challenge like it was obvious it was obvious who the mat who they were going to wrestle yeah so that also is just like what okay whatever <laughs> fine you just tell us it would have been awesome it would have been awesome they could have done the the, the acclaim could have done a music video leading up to it and been hilarious like it was funny uh, and shout out to Rhea Ripley for tweeting out that, that her and Dom are over in two companies now because they got name dropped <laughs> by Max Caster. It's fantastic. Buddy uh, Murphy getting, getting... And there was the Who's Your Mommy chant going. Yes, of course. Well, I mean, they, he brought it up. It's great. It's yeah. great. 
Listen, I think that uh, as much as these guys and girls are loving the freedom that AEW and the paychecks that AEW gives to them, there are just some of them who, if WWE presents them with the right opportunity, they're going to do it. And I feel like Max Caster is one of those guys. Now, he may never get the leeway that he wants, but I, I just am like, that, that just, it's funny, but also, to, to me, it's like, okay, that would easily work. The acclaim would easily work yeah. if they decided they want to do that. They probably won't, but yeah. they could. Um, Alan, you raved to me. I want to switch gears just a little yes. bit. Uh, I, I, well, let me wrap AEW with this. And, and I kind of almost wish I would have laid out this at the beginning to say that the, uh, this is me making my case. Um, I've said for a long time, I feel like we can trust AEW with our pay-per-view dollars. And I'm putting an advisory on that. I don't know that it's true anymore. That wasn't a great pay-per-view. That wasn't, that wasn't the the kind of that wasn't the kind of thing that that I want to make sure that I'm in position for will drop the dollars on and that's not the position you want me in headed into Forbidden Door or Wembley um, that that wasn't a good pay per view um, it was fine but there were six other fine things I could have done this weekend I did them. Um, I don't know that that it's going to be good enough. Just yep. don't think they're good enough. Yep, I agree with that. I think that hopefully the feedback. Also, I'm not here. I'm not here to shit on them having eleven thousand people at Double or Nothing. Did you see that? That was the crowd. Um, I'm not. And now, now uh, the the better looking Bar- uh, Barry brother was there to tell me that that building's not very big anyway. And I'm just here to say. Can they not sell 20? Like, can we not find a venue? Like, I'm just, I'm really kind of asking the question. Because if it's a cool TV show, that's awesome. And they're not, they, they, I'm still not saying they have to be totally WWE, but can they, can they not put 20 G's or put, find a crowd for something like that? It's very strange. And I hope that that was a choice on a whatever, or we, they got locked into like a five-year lease deal or whatever <laughs> agreement, you know, to get a price break on, on it, to, to do it there so many times. I don't know. It just seems weird. It feels like they're losing some momentum. They're taking their eye off the ball of the things that really made them great. And I hope that the feedback comes to them on the things that they need to do to uh, to get better, because yeah. I'm with you. I still, It's still going to take two or three of these consecutively for me to really be like, you know what, I'm good and not watch one, but I'm with you on the, the advisory. I think we need to plant the flag. Well, but I feel like it, it started um, at the last pay-per-view. We left the last pay-per-view not feeling yeah, overly that's fulfilled. That's fair. Um, you want to sell out T-Mobile Arena? Then get Kenny Omega wrestling for your world championship. Get Brian Danielson wrestling for your world championship. Stop! Stop being cute. With it. stop putting your your world championship in a non-main event capacity. If it's the best belt in wrestling, if it's the most important title in all of professional wrestling, then it should be the main event every time, and it should have the best wrestlers wrestling for it. And the best wrestlers were in the main event 
And if you had swapped out Max for Wheeler, you would have had the best of the company versus the best in the company, period, with no caveats. Yep. You now it's not true. Samojo wasn't there, but Adam Cole wasn't there. Um, you you had people that that could be in that mix. I mean, that's the thing. You didn't. You probably had five people outside of that card that could have wrestled Max in the main event for the world title that would have been more compelling than what you did with the pillars. Wasn't that it wasn't a great match should have been on dynamite. Your pay-per-view main event for the world title has to sell the arena. Yep. But let's, but let's put Jay White in a battle Royal though. But let's put Jay White in a battle Royal. Let's put um, Samoa Joe nowhere on the card. Let's put um, Lee in the battle uh, Royal. Case Lee's in the battle Royal. Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho uh, on the second match on the card. Um, Malachi Black is is holding a trios championship, which is fine. That's fine. But you want to talk about a guy that could out wrestle Darby, Sammy, or uh, Jack all day, yeah. all day, yeah. twice on Sunday. Ah. Like it's it, 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 yeah. This is the last thing I'm going to say, and then we need to talk about the other things. Is that give me like Keith Lee versus Max? Like that would be sure. super intriguing to me. And I'm, that's just yeah. because I love Keith, but also like let's make Max beat some people here. Like let's yeah let's 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 do that. So yeah, but I'm with you. Yeah. They got they booked them themselves into a, a a strange spot. So we'll see I how would, they I get would. out of it. I wouldn't buy it if, if if Keith Lee were suddenly running Max, or, and that's you know kind of a, a indictment on Tony Khan. The same way it would be for Miro, um, mm-hmm. uh, who should be a credible challenger and isn't because of how they've booked him. Um, and, and I think the same is true. You know, it, 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 that said, if you put Andrade in there, I'd have a little doubt. I'd, I'd have a little. Well, we have the whole, I mean, we do have the whole collision thing popping off in a couple of weeks. So hopefully there'll be some talent. I'm still not sure that they're going to handle all of this well, but it will infuse some people who we haven't seen. And then we'll get to make up a whole new uh, judgment on exactly how they're going to, how they're going to handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. I, I just, they've lost their way pretty significantly here. I feel like I'm watching uh, Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page wrestle, you know, Sean Stasiak for the <laughs> for the tag team titles. Uh, right. Which yeah. which happened at the last Starcade ever. Wow. And and so this this is this is where we're at. I, I just feel like we've really lost our way here. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, Paul, I was halfway through NXT Battleground, and the thought popped into my mind that this is the best that the NXT men's division, maybe top to bottom, has ever been. I, and and, and it was, if the women's wrestling was better, I would even say this is really low key as good as it ever has been and has the potential to be as good. 
as like vintage black and gold. Then the second half of the show happened. But I'm here to tell you that the first half of that NXT show was maybe my favorite thing to happen all weekend that was not the main event of Night of Champions. I just thought that oh, the, the opener is, uh, I believe that was West, the Wesley, the, the North American title match. Everything that kid in is spectacular. And you may look at it and think, oh, it's Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy is really good. His, his gimmick is not great. He, in the ring, is very good. And Tyler Bate is very, very good also. But that match was tremendous. And there was some, just a whole bunch of really cool shit that was happening in that match. The British Rounds thing, the Heritage Cup thing, had some schmozzy ending. I like. I didn't love it, but I love the match, the rest of it, and the and I love the implication of what they've done and what it sets up. But that Noam Dar and Dragon Lee, I mean, my God, just do that, just do that a bunch, and everyone will love both those guys even more. Uh, Dragon Lee had a couple of moves in there. When we're talking about Vikingo and we're talking about Commander and all of that, Dragon Lee is just right there doing some shit that we've never seen that people are going to be like, oh, can't do that anymore. And only one person can do that move. And, uh, and, and I, I don't know. It was the whole thing was just excellent. So I'm here to say that you got to go watch it or at least the first half. And that's not including the, Bra the Braun Breaker Carmelo match, which I didn't love. It was good. They're both, I, I still like both those guys, but I didn't love, didn't really love the match. But I'm just here to stand for NXT and tell you all that uh, it's close to being back. Oh, and the Dragunov Dijak Lashman Standing match. If you watch one match, that's the one you have to watch. Like, uh, like really, really brutal, like really physically brutal, and sometimes. Hard to watch because of the way. Sometimes I, I'm not sure Dragonov is going to be a big deal on the main roster because I'm not sure he is for everybody. But he is right there in excellent at getting his ass beat, excellent at delivering it. And everything that they could do to put him over in NXT, they did it in that match. And then Dijak, of course, is like a perfect dance partner for this. So those three matches were tremendous. And then I thought there was a big drop-off for the second half. But I thought that NXT show was really, really good. So you have to go watch it. You don't have a choice. I don't make, uh, up, the, I don't make up the rules. These are the rules. I am definitely going to go watch it. Here's my thing. Yep. You're here to tell me that the NXT men's roster right now is better than the roster that had Finn Balor and Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. Like, st still, still with me? I'm not here to say that it's... I'm not here to say that it's better than that. I'm just here to say that it's probably deeper than that. But has Adam the... Cole, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream, mm -hmm. Pete Dunn, mm -hmm. Roderick Strong, mm -hmm. Kyle O'Reilly, mm -hmm. Bobby Fish, mm -hmm. Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, still with me? Yeah, keep going. 
That was that was takeover Toronto. Just the people on the card. Keith Lee was on the roster at that point. <laughs> okay. I'm just here to tell you that maybe it's as good as it has been since then. How about that? It's the best it's been in a minute. It's the best it's, it's the, been it's, it since it's definitely better than anything the 2.0 era put out. And I just think that when we look back on it, that some of these guys, they're maybe not going to be as big as some of those guys, but I just think it's real good. It's And, and we're never going to really see it again because they cheated and put all these UK guys in there. Like, all at the I same would, time. Here, here's where I think it is. And, and I'm just going to confirm this real quick. Um, that, I'm, that I'm not wrong about this. I would say this is the best it's been since pre-pandemic. Yeah, I, that's probably right. Like, Wayne, I think the the turning point for me, and and I like him. I think he's good. I think he was the right person to take the title off of Keith Lee at the time. I don't think they've been nearly as good as they once were from the time Keith Lee dropped the title to Karrion Cross. When yeah. Karrion Cross took that title, that's when it, 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 that was the beginning of the end. Yep. Was. Adam Cole saying they make me feel special to make to make me special. They ring the freaking bell. Was that after that? Was when Cross was the type, the champ? He was the champ. Uh, I believe because that, that was pandemic, right? Let's see here. I'm looking at carrying Cross. Give me all of his. Now where's Adam Cole on this? Hmm. Uh, did was Adam Cole's only shot? The fatal five way against Cross, they never had a one on one. I don't know. I don't know about that. And this was all after Cole had had his whole run, right? This was at the end of the Adam yeah. Cole WWE oh, this... era. Well, after. Yeah, because there were people in the crowd for that moment. So that was post pandemic. Oh, so it was uh, like the, Cross when was... crowds were starting to come back. Yeah, because I remember the audible. There was noise from that crowd. Right. <laughs> they had things to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No. I, I, Keith Lee winning the title from, from Cole, you still had some legs on, on the brand at that point. But when Cross won it from Lee, it, it really was beginning and the end there, I yep. think. Yep. I'm not because saying... All these because guys Karen are going Cross just wasn't that great. Yeah. He's still not. I think that uh, all of these guys, not all of them are going to pan out, but they have really set, I think they've done a great job with all those UK guys of giving them a character and some exposure. And now we can start to see some pathways to it. And I don't think all of them are going to hit on the main roster, but I think NXT as a show is set up to be really fucking dope. Um, and then there's Tiffany Stratton. I actually I thought she wrestled really well in the match. There's not just not my I didn't like Val, I didn't really I found myself not liking Lyra Valkyria very much in the match. And I actually thought Stratton did some really smart stuff in the match and and really almost like some, some sophisticated stuff going on in there as best I could tell. 
Um, but she's also maybe not the best. If you go back and look at that, and do not go look at the lineage of that title and who's held it. But they just need they need Jordan Grace to show in and beat the shit out of everybody else. That's what they need to do. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Grace is is. Uh, you mentioned this, and and we haven't talked about it on the show. Jordan Grace, obviously, uh, on her way out of Impact. Not a lot of love in the um, uh, Tony Conosphere. The Tony Conosphere for the. Um, uh, I, I I don't know how Tony feels about. Um, Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace, but I don't think um, there's a lot of love going the other direction there. Even with some of the I was in the wrong and, and all of that, yeah. um, y- you got to think it's going to sit there and, and be part of that that thought. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll probably be seeing Jordan Grace sooner rather than later in NXT, and that's a much needed thing for that division. The thing is. I'm not, even, I'm not even sure. Actually, I take that back. I'm not even sure they're going to bother with NXT for her. They may not. Like, she's I mean, just so much bigger than yeah. absolutely everyone they have. And and with those Impact wrestlers, they're already doing TV, right? So that's usually a lot yeah. of what it is, which is go learn how to do, go, come off the indies and let's go teach you how to do TV. But now... And they in, certainly... They don't have to do that. Now they've done it. They've done it with all. I mean, they've done it. You know, it's not like Karrion Cross needed some seasoning, right? In that way. So I think one, it's does Jordan Grace get to keep her name? That's part of it. Two, do they want her to go work on some things? Do they want her to go to promo class? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Or can she just go coach all the weightlifting sessions? Maybe that's what she needs to go do. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they put Samoa Joe through NXT a couple times. Yeah, exactly. So they, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. If they're gonna do it, they're gonna um, do it to her. But, but you know, I, you know, and and Finn went through NXT, and and Shinsuke went through NXT. These are guys who went through TV, um, but they wanted to coach them in sort of the WWE way. Um, if you're investing in Jordan Grace, you got to do that for a long time. Uh, you know, I would sign her to a big, long contract um, if, if you could manage that. And, um, you know, and that probably means an NFC run. But man, do I not know where she fits into that roster except just annihilating everyone. Yeah. But then you get her to the main. It's it's a little bit like me when I was a seventh grader and I was six foot tall. And I was like, just bat every ball that came my way and, and catch those rebounds. Um you know, because I'm that much taller than everybody, but then I don't grow and everyone grows around me. And by the time I hit, you know, sophomore year, a lot of guys have caught up to me and I don't know how to do anything, but be big. And that's my concern about sticking her in NXT mm-hmm. is you don't really teach her how to do anything except be big for so long that that's what her character is rolling into WWE, where suddenly you have people who, you know, she is obviously a physical specimen, but she's, She's going to get a little bit of a match in, uh, you know, your Bianca Belairs and your Charlotte Flairs and some of those, uh, you know, women who who can match that strength a little bit. Yep, I just want to see it. She she deserves that. She did lose to Deanna Prazo at Under Siege, which means she now cannot uh, challenge for the championship as long as Deanna's the the champ and Deanna's not losing that championship anytime soon, or at least we're going to get her against Trinity probably at a pay per view. So 
there there are things and and then the report came out after under siege from Sean Rassap that said that uh, her contract was coming to a close and she was going to be leaving so that's exciting it's a bummer for impact very exciting for uh, for WWE but potentially there's not a whole lot i mean i thought under siege was a breath of fresh air i'm still not all the way through but compared i was doing it match by match while these other wrestling shows were were happening and i found it just as a breath of fresh air for actually real wrestling for things like real matches with with pinfalls and not a lot of interference going on so it was a nice palate cleanser i think for some of the uh the double or nothing of it all but uh if you're there was also very much a lack of uh flippy shit and, and work rate if you want to call it that and i'm here to tell you that if you are looking for the best thing like that that happened this weekend go watch the ace austin chris bay versus subculture versus the the uh, flash morgan webster and Mark Andrews, there was some really dope shit, some stuff I had never seen. And it looks like um, that subculture's finisher is supposed to be where Flash Morgan Webster is sitting on someone's shoulders and Mark Andrews comes and super kicks them in the face and then he does a reverse uh, poison run. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, it's just ridiculous, but really, really cool. And uh, anyway just here to say that that was awesome and i hope that that group sticks around and impact for a little bit um so so there so there you go the the the, the matches you won't see unless you're obsessed and yeah you need to go watch is that one and the dragon of or dijakovic dijak those are the things you got to do um but paul we got to wrap we got to wrap this up um do want to thanks everyone for listening go to linktr.e slash yes we know it's fake and it's important that you follow us on social media or stay in touch because we are going to take a little hiatus this summer this will be the last show you hear from us for a while now something wild might pop up if cm punk shows up and we feel compelled to talk about it we may do that or something is happening at wembley or uh in between uh but we are going to go on hiatus we've got a couple of some plans that we're going to uh, try to execute on you. This will not be the last time you hear from us. It just may sound a little different or have a little bit different angle on it uh, whenever we come back. But we appreciate all of you, all of you listening to us and all of the support that you've given to us. And I promise that we're when we come back, it will be bigger and better. Paul, is there anything that I miss? Anything? Not a thing. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, we got to run. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Paul, drop a finisher on the people, please. God bless the fakers. Let it go.